Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Needlessly Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, David. And I'm your host, Lexi. Before we get into the episode, let me tell you how you can reach out to us. You can Google us at needlesslynerdypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at needlesslynerdy. We also have a Twitch account that we sometimes stream gaming stuff to, <laughs> which, Lexi, you should probably get better at actually streaming your gameplay. Okay. You can find us at Twitch at needlesslynerdy. Uh, there's a link in our bio to everything that you need to listen to us, watch us, and join the Discord. There's a Discord link in the there's a Discord link in the link that you can click the link to join the link to get into our Discord server. Stop saying link. You're making it sound like it's not a real word. So <laughs> join the Discord. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Lex? For sure. You wanna kick us off? You're the one with the notes. I so you're this, hosting the episode. This man did not write any notes. We saw Black Widow, and this is a very late podcast episode. We were supposed to release this a few days ago, but we've been very busy. Yeah, but that's okay. Black Widow just came out. Yeah, I know. But still. Anyway, so we just saw Black Widow. Twice. Yes, we saw it twice. We saw it on opening night, so Thursday night, not Friday. And we watched it again over the weekend. And this man did not write any notes. Nope. On a movie. Nope. That we watched. Twice. Twice. I don't he need notes wrote, for a movie. I saw twice. No notes. <laughs> I have I have paragraphs of notes. Then again, I do forget things very right. easily. Well, then kick us off. All right. So I thought that we could kind of go through our initial thoughts and feelings how did we feel about the film as a film oh uh, side note we haven't talked about this movie to each other yet oh yeah we've been holding it in and it's it's been torture <laughs> <laughs> we have not talked about this movie to each other since we saw it in theaters on opening night yeah yeah we we went on a date after and we just sat there and we were like imploding on our date so how's the weather <laughs> yeah it was terrible not the date i mean i love going on dates with you thanks babe <laughs> so uh sorry uh we can go through it on our initial thoughts how do we feel about the film as a film uh what we didn't like any questions that we were left with and kind of just go through the movie from each act all the way till the end i thought maybe we could do that okay so in that sense, this obviously is a spoiler review. This is not a. This is not spoiler free. There are spoilers coming. We're talking about the movie and its deepest, darkest secrets. So if you don't want to get spoiled, don't listen to the movie review. <laughs> Wait till after you watch the movie. Yeah. Okay. In three, two, one. Spoilers. So what were your initial thoughts and feelings coming out of it? Just kind of like, what were you left with? How did you feel? I think I should talk about going into it first. I yeah. was, I had my ex, I had, I had super low expectations going into this movie because I thought it was going to be a glorified flashback to a dead character. Like, I don't care about what nat went through because she's not going to be in anything else yeah like this movie i feel like this movie should have been released after iron man 2 to give us a better sense of who black widow is when she was alive 
And I just, going into, I was like, this movie is the first movie we've gotten since Spider-Man two years ago. And they're giving us a flashback sequence. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have super low expectations. I'm not going to blow it out of the water like the marketing team and all the fans are. And then uh, going out of the theater, I was, uh, I liked it. I was impressed. Yeah. Um, I didn't have super high expectations for it, but I don't think it should have been released after Iron Man 2. I mean, I think it should have just been released in the time period that it took place in, like after Civil War. Well, I, I say Iron Man 2 not because of the movie that we got, but because she should have had a movie before Avengers. And yeah. Clint should have been part of that movie. Yeah, the two of them... I mean, they, I like that they made a movie about this side character, but the fact that we've had her around for 10 years and we didn't know much about her story uh, and to finally release it now. So I, I didn't have super, super high expectations for this movie, especially right now with the types of shows that we have. You know, the, uh, with dealing with magic. Yeah. So this is not anything dealing with magic. And jumping ahead a little bit, like, we've all, forever, since, like, Avengers 1, we've always said, what, what are they talking about when they're talking about Budapest? What are they talking about? It's Budapest. Budapest. It's Budapest. <laughs> Budapest. <laughs> so, um, oh, Lord, I lost what I was saying. This, this movie, in my opinion... Should have been about Budapest. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And then they bring it up in this movie, and they make it sound awesome. I'm like, why didn't we get the Budapest movie? Well, there's a reason, and that is because Yelena, who, by the way, stole the show. Carried the movie. I love her so much. I'm so excited to Elena see her. Yelena carried the movie. But I, I'll, she's I'm gonna the go, reason why. I'm going to go on record and say if if Elena wasn't Yelena. the character. Yelena. Yelena. That's not what they say in the movie. Yeah, it's Yelena. I heard Elena no, like all the time. No, no, it's Whatever. Yelena. I'll say Yelena from now on. No. So, um, I lost my train of thought again. Me too. Elena. <laughs> Yelena. Whatever. She carried the movie, mm -hmm. and if she wasn't part of the movie, the movie would have sucked. I'll just go on record and say that. Well, it wouldn't have been great. It would have sucked. Yeah. She made the movie enjoyable. Yeah, that was uh, something that I noted was that I just, I loved how, like, genuinely funny she was. Like, like sometimes when they, when characters try to be funny, it's, it feels a little forced, and especially in, like, an action movie, and I thought that she, like, genuinely was funny. I like the fact that she broke, dram like, drama. Like, yeah. in, like, dramatic mo moments in movies, whenever there was, it felt like Marvel would have put a dramatic moment there, she destroyed it, and I love that. Mm-hmm. And they, they emphasize that in the movie, like, when she makes fun of her pose, or when she does the pose and then goes, ugh, like... <laughs> she does a like whenever you're like oh that's that's ba like that's that's one of those ba moments she ruins that moment and i think it's awesome <laughs> i think it's hilarious that they put her in the in the movie just to be like it's like self-awareness you know yeah. marvel's making fun of its own seriousness yeah 
I don't count Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy because they're supposed to be funny. Whereas I felt like this one wasn't supposed to be funny and they incorporated humor into a serious movie. Probably the best they've done yet. Yeah. I um I really loved uh Nat and Yelena's uh sisterly banter that they were doing. It was very um relatable in a good way. Like it it, it actually did remind me of a real sibling relationship. But they're not sisters. I know, but they have a sibling relationship. I know. I was joking. It's a joke. So, at the start of the movie, we get the I mean, essentially, it's like a prologue of uh, Natasha and Yelena as children uh, in 1995. And they're with um, dad and mom, which we learn later. They're not their real parents. Um, They are to Yelena. Yeah, well, Yelena's younger than Natasha. I don't think she was at the Red Room. I think her first time at the Red Room was... When they left Ohio. I th- Yeah, I agree. I don't I think, think she came yeah. from the Red Room, which is interesting because I wonder how she got there in the first place then. They said that the, the uh, um, at the end, uh, Dracoff said that they, it's like hand-selected So they gave them... Based on their DNA. So they went to Ohio. Mom and Dad had Nat, who was from the Red Room, mm-hmm. and they gave them three a baby... And they like raised... a three-year-old. A three-year-old. Because by the time they had to leave in 1995, she was six. I thought they said it was a six-year mission. No. No. When Natasha got very defensive and she didn't want anybody to touch Yelena or take her. And uh, she said she's only six. I know. I thought they said that they were in Ohio for six years. No, they were in Ohio for three years. Hmm. We'll have to review the footage. Okay. <laughs> three okay i know what i'm talking about okay so we get to see this initial bond that nat has with yelena and um how she's very attached to her uh she would she literally said she would k-word everyone who tried to take her she kept saying i will shoot in russian yeah which i did you notice that her accent like just went away she had an American accent at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And so did the mom and dad, which is understandable. But Nat had, like, a fake accent that whole time, too. Yeah, she had a, a fake American accent. Yeah, which is interesting because Yelena didn't. She had an American accent, and then when she grew up, she had a Russian one. Yeah, well, the Red Room is Russian. Yeah. So. Okay. So what's next? Um, oh, I just wanted to note that this movie, like, I really did appreciate that the beginning was an entire flashback, and that's what we saw, and that, like, in the middle of the film, we didn't get random flashbacks over and over again, because I'm not a huge fan of that, so I appreciate that at the beginning, it was a very long flashback, we get the backstory, and then we move on. Yeah, because it's already a prequel. Why do we yeah. need flashback after flashback yeah, in I w- a flashback I wouldn't, movie? I would not have liked that, so I appreciate that they did that. And I really liked the intro, by the way. The with, creepy, yeah, like, yeah. like uh, American Horror Story type intro? Uh, uh, yeah, 
You didn't get the the themes that it was trying to highlight? No, I did. It was like world chaos and war and... It was trying to highlight human trafficking. Yeah, I know. It was the little girls oh, and I, yeah. that's what the Red Room is. The, I know that. the dehumanization of women. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought but that the like, intro was dark. The, I, the intro I, credits I gave a lot of information just on visual imagery. Yeah. But it wasn't just the Red Room stuff. It was showing you like... Um, Kuwait when the oil fields were set ablaze. It was showing you like the Cuban Missile Crisis and stuff like that. It's like all these major political world events happened because of the Red Room. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, after that, we flash to the present and we see Natasha and she's on the run. So, I really did like that we I mean, I, I would have wanted it to be a little longer, um, but I liked that we got to see at least for a little bit what Natasha was doing and how she was living during that time after Civil War while she was on the run. I just kind of wish I got more from, like, I, I don't know, growing her personality. Yeah, we still didn't really get much development on her yeah well not that we really care because she she's dead no but so. like it's supposed you know these types of movies are supposed to make you like the dead character more so that when you go back and watch her death it means it's more meaningful than the first time you watched it and nat just didn't feel like more of a character at the end of this movie to me Yelena was introduced in this movie and had a ton of development and mm -hmm. obviously uh, blah, 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 spoilers she's gonna be in future projects and they I feel like they this okay so saying this out loud I just occurred to me this isn't about Natasha <laughs> this movie that's is not about I Natasha said. that's what I said the reason why it doesn't take place in Budapest is because we needed to introduce Yelena. Yeah, but it's called Black Widow, and I don't think they're referencing Natasha anymore. The Black Widow is Yelena, and the Black Widow is going after Barton now. Mm -hmm. Which is super ironic, considering Barton was Black Widow's, like, partner for so long. Yeah. Which, I don't know how... How did... Uh, Valentina at the end know that Clint was responsible for Natasha's death. Oh, um, which I'm, is interesting to me. I'm sure the government found out all the stuff that happened on Vormir. Really? Uh, yeah. Huh. I mean, Clint tells Tony. Tony blabs. Wait, Tony dead. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that one, huh? Whatever. Uh, he tells somebody. Somebody tells somebody. The Avengers don't keep their mouths shut. Somebody told Thor. That's what happened. Oh, okay. Somebody told Thor, and Thor told everybody what happened. <laughs> Thor left. So? Thor's in space. Yeah? <laughs> Word can't travel through space? No! T, there's space T, okay? No. <laughs> Loki is the embodiment of space T. <laughs> no. Okay, I enjoyed that we did get to see or hear 
what happened in Budapest. Pest. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. I like that we know more, but I wish I got a movie of that. At least we know what they were doing in Budapest now. Yeah. They were there to kill Drykov, which didn't actually happen. Yeah. You find out because he's alive. Which, that's... bombing a whole building The biggest issue I had with this movie... Actually, it wasn't the biggest issue. One of the biggest issues I had with this movie was how just unrealistic that was. <laughs> She's like, I had to use this little girl as collateral damage. I had to sacrifice so much. We blew up the building. Not only did they blow up the building... We saw the office him and his little daughter were standing in explode. It wasn't like crossbones where a building fell on him and it was kind of like ambiguous. His office erupted in flames and he came out unscratched. Wait, you know what's strange is like, were they, was it like bulletproof glass or something? Because they could have just sniped him. <laughs> Because, I, don't know. I mean, the daughter I, walked in, and you saw the daughter with dry cough. It's the leader of the Red Room. You don't think he has bulletproof windows? Why would you risk it? What if you shot the window and it was bulletproof? Well, I guess. I'm just saying. He's slippery, remember? Again, he's, he's unharmed in this movie, which means the bombs didn't even hurt him compared to his little daughter, who was in the same room as him, that got messed up. Yeah. I didn't like that. But it was a part of, like, her dark past, uh, air quotes. Yeah. And it, it was very mor- morally ambiguous of her to do. I don't think it's morally ambiguous. I think it was morally wrong on pretty much all accounts. Yeah. Killing a little girl that she can empathize with does not justify the means to kill Dracov. Yeah. At least to I, me. I, yeah, well, yeah. Like, there's lines that you don't cross. And she just crossed it. Yeah, but some people would say it was more morally ambiguous because she was thinking bigger picture or whatever. Nah. <laughs> um, they didn't just kill her. She wasn't collateral damage like Natasha actually says. She used the girl as bait and then blew the girl up. <laughs> That's like completely different. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's messed up. The worst part is, is that S.H.I.E.L.D. is the one who told her to do it. What? No. That she was working. The reason why she was with Barton is because Barton was with S.H.I.E.L.D. And S.H.I.E.L.D. told her to kill Drakov as her, like, proof that she's willing to do what's necessary to be part of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was trying to get out of the Red Room, and that was her test for S.H.I.E.L.D. Did you miss that? So, so S.H.I.E.L.D.? Her to kill Drakov. To kill the, the the little girl? She said it was her and Barton, and Barton was the representative for S.H.I.E.L.D. that was with her. Dang, Nick Fury up to no good. Because <laughs> Nick Fury was the director at the time. What? Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that was... Yeah, that was after the 90s. Obviously, Ohio was in the 90s. Yeah. So, yeah. I- Alrighty. Yikes. Okay, Shield. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> so after that, <laughs> after that, they um, patch themselves up in this like little corner store gas station, and and Yelena does the funniest thing where she's like, gets on the ground and she's like, "Why do you do this like pose?" 
every time, like, everyone's looking at you. First of all, that was funny. Yeah. Secondly, I I like that they tackled the issue that we've had with Black Widows ever since she's been introduced as a character, is that she's been hypersexualized. Yeah, she, she wasn't a character. She was a sex icon to sell. Mm-hmm. And the token uh, woman character that uh, knows how to defeat aliens as good as other men who have superpowers. That's debatable. Her and Clint have always been the weaker links. I mean, yeah, but... You, you can't s- compare her to the god s- of thunder and know, say it's the patriarchy. No, but, in, but, <laughs> but in all of uh, that group of the Avengers, she's the only woman... The original Avengers. Oh, of the original, yeah. I was going to say, there's a lot of women in the Avengers. Well, now there are, yeah. And the Revengers. I love the Revengers. The Revengers are my favorite. Thor Ragnarok is one of my comfort movies. You would know where it ranks if you listened to one of our past episodes. So, wait, you... Was there nothing else before that that you considered of note? Like, the whole her... Or Yelena getting mystified? I'm just reading to you what I wrote down which were like just okay. bullet point okay. thoughts so that I, I had I but thought, you can go through I it. I thought you wanted to do a scene by scene but I'm okay with no, not no, doing no. a scene by scene. I, I don't have the mental capacity to be able to do that. <laughs> we I also don't remember. have the time to do that because it would a scene by scene of a movie? Yeah no thank you. I could do a whole podcast episode on an episode of Bad Batch. Yeah. And Loki. I could probably do two episodes per episode of Loki. Yeah. But that's another time. What do you got next? Uh, so after that, they um, decide that they're going to break Alexi out of jail, a.k.a. Hopper. <laughs> yeah. Who, I loved his performance in this movie. Yeah, he was he was pretty funny. I was on the fence on whether he was going to be able to sell me on a Marvel role. Yeah. But he did a good job. Uh, he was the comedic relief. Not the best russian accent but you know what he was a goofy character he was so a comedic i liked relief. it and um they they end up breaking him out of jail and they have uh, a lot of air quotes family moments family drama family drama family moments uh, little spats that they have and it's um I, I liked it a lot because we got to see the characters interact with each other. Did you see what his tattoo on his arm said? No. It translates to Natasha and Yelena. He had their names tattooed on his arm. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> One of those Aww. small details I feel like a lot of people missed. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so after they find him, they think that uh, he can lead them to Dracoff and he doesn't know where he is so he says let's go find melina and aka mom so they go and find melina who is allegedly working for dracoff mm-hmm, currently the, the the brains of the operation that's number two problem that i had with this movie was that i am the felt, muscle i am the brain uh, exactly i'm the muscle i'm the brain i'm the side character i'm the main character like and I am the evil villain with no real motive. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. It was, um, everything just felt so, what's the word I'm looking for? Compartmentalized, right? So, like, 
they're like she literally works current day for Drakov, and then they get there and she's like family more important I, I i wasn't sold on it like she freaking she pulled a dom <laughs> nobody messes with family as she nobody messes with family as she punches Drakov in the face Ugh. this whole movie was just a big dom meme that's what it was stop uh if you don't know what we're talking about we're referring to fast and furious Oh, I'm sure they know what we're talking about. It's the internet right now. <laughs> so he says they're going to get Melina. Which he he knows Melina works current day for Drakov. How? And it also, they didn't. They, I don't know. I don't they think they even explained why Drakov threw him in prison for life either. He just said that he did. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. He said, his exact words were, I wanted this party to feel more like a party, not this stiff organization. And how does he repay me? He throws me in prison for the rest of my life. I'm not even the one who killed his daughter. Why did Drakov throw him in prison? Because he's evil. Just because he likes to be evil. Uh, yeah. That's one of the things. My name's just... Wrecker because <laughs> I wreck things. Hey, don't hate on Wrecker. I'm just kidding. I love Wrecker. He's my favorite. That that was that was Clone Wars record, okay? <laughs> that actually, he said that in Bad Batch, so. Yeah, but now he has a little niece. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't wreck her. Uncle Rika. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, let's not get into Star Wars right now. <laughs> no, we'll say that for the post-show. Okay, so they have this family dinner and... They all talk like a normal, dysfunctional family, except they're having lots of shots of vodka, which is funny. Yeah, that's appropriate. <laughs> um, and then we see that, oh my gosh, oh no, Melina, she betrayed them. She's still working for Drakeoff. She called him. Well, dang, you are just skipping ahead. What? You're not going to talk about that whole, that scene was like the most development between all four of them that we got the dinner yeah the dinner yeah i said that already that i thought that we get to finally see all these characters interact with each other and see the dynamic between them yeah but i mean i wanted to talk about how they all kept talking about how it was a mission and it was yelena's childhood they're all the same in that sense is that they all deny the fact that they loved those three years together. Except Yelena. Yeah. Well, she is the only one who kept saying it was real. And Natasha thought it was real, too. She just was they pushing all, that they down. They all thought it was real. That's what I'm saying. They just didn't want to admit it to each other. Yeah. And then Yelena takes the vodka away and Dad goes to talk to her. And I love that scene <laughs> when he's saying, <laughs> so I went ice fishing with my father. <laughs> yeah, and, and she's like, like, I don't understand what you're talking like, about. Stop what's talking. the point? Just shut up. He's like, listen, I'm trying to tell you. I my, have a point. He says, my father go toilet on my hands. <laughs> I lost it when he said that. <laughs> I also thought it was hilarious when they finally came, when the Red Room came. And they shot a dart into his chest, and he said, they think, and then they shoot, like, 17 more darts into his chest. <laughs> and then he just flops to the ground. Yeah. Oh, are we going to not talk about how he's a super soldier, 
And there, he just was a super soldier. And no one mentioned this at all. And apparently he was a famous super soldier in Russia. I also don't know why he kept saying that um, he's, he has this thing against Captain America. When he's never even met him. He's never met well, Captain America. Well, that's an America. ego thing. Yeah, I know. But then it's just like dropped after the middle of the movie. It's just in Falcon and Winter Soldier, they meet... Um, Valentina. No, not Valentina. Um, the super soldier. Oh, uh, Carly? No, what was her name? Who? I'm talking about Isaiah Bradley. Oh, okay. They meet Isaiah Bradley, and they're like, you're a super soldier? And he's like, yeah, I was a super soldier during Vietnam. And they're like, nobody's ever heard of you, though. Like, you should be considered a hero. It was like a super secret. And here we got Russian Captain America guy who's Listen, like action, action figures are made of this guy. And pff, everybody just forgot. I know he has. He literally had action figures. I just did, I was like, where do you fit his story into the world building that you guys have tried to establish here when it comes to super soldiers? I. And then they were like, you know, there's like, oh, the super soldier serum because it's super rare for. So well, you got this random Russian guy. How do you end up as a super soldier, anyways? <laughs> They're just not gonna explain that at all. Nope. Probably not. I I don't know if we'll ever see him again. Red Guardian. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna play out. Yeah. So how did you feel about? the taskmaster reveal oh i was actually super interested to see what they were going to do with taskmaster going into the movie because i know taskmaster is like a, a spider-man villain and he kicks the crap out of spider-man all the time because he can mimic mr flippy doodah and he usually holds somebody hostage like if you played spider-man ps4 like i keep telling you to you'd know that taskmaster shows up and he like he manipulates Spider-Man into doing stuff, and then whenever Spider-Man tries to fight him, he can't fight Taskmaster because Taskmaster, can he analyzes Spider-Man and he figures out the little tiny chinks in his armor on how to beat him up. And so I was like, okay, they're making him a Black Widow villain, which makes sense. I, I, going into it, I was like, that makes a lot of sense because he doesn't have superpowers. He, he has like a sword, basically, in the, in the game. And I'm pretty sure in the comics, too. And he doesn't have a shield, I don't believe. Uh -huh. um, so I was like, this is a guy who can mimic people. And that's a really good villain to give Black Widow, considering she's like a martial arts expert. She doesn't oh, have yeah. superpowers. The fighting scenes were uh, very intricate. Oh, yeah. I definitely enjoyed the fighting scenes. I thought Taskmaster was super cool that the first time you see... I'm going to say him until we get to the reveal because Taskmaster in the comics and in the games is male. So we see Taskmaster with the helmet on and he, quotation marks, he is watching a Hawkeye during the Battle of New York. Mm -hmm. Doing his flippies with his arrow. And then the next time we see Taskmaster, Taskmaster, he launches an arrow at her. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way... OP much that arrow? <laughs> yeah. I thought when when her car got hit with that arrow, I thought he had a hydra tank. 
Like, it, like, blew her car up and sent her flying across. And then he does it again. He skips the arrow underneath their car, and it blows up and goes flying. I'm like, why didn't he just keep shooting them with those arrows? Yeah. But, uh, I'm nitpicking at this point. So, <laughs> he uses the arrows because he was, wa- he was watching videos of Barton. And then later on, we see right when uh, Red Guardian goes to fight Taskmaster... He's like, he has the claws. Yeah. Just like... Mimicking uh, Black Panther. Yeah. And, you know, she also does the Black Panther move where she jumps and kicks him in the chest and does a backflip and lands on her feet. That's exactly what Black Panther does to Bucky. Oh, yeah. We also see the shield throwing. That's a Captain America thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of who else she mimicked. I'm sure I'll get there. I'm sure there's other stuff. I mean, it's not like she can mimic Thor. He's just a big, burly, strong guy who swings a hammer. And she can't mimic Tony because she doesn't have a a power suit like he does. Yeah. What would you think of the suit design? I thought it was cool. It was just... I didn't really understand what the mask was for other than... uh, To analyze. To be... It was a computer. That's the chip that he kept putting in her neck. So she could only be taskmaster when she had the helmet on well she learns with the helmet on so what the the helmet allows her to intake data that she's currently observing about somebody and it plots a course of action that's that will exploit somebody's weaknesses yeah i just didn't know that the helmet was like a she had to have yeah it. like the, he said i had to put a chip in her neck and he put, they put the little sd card in the back of her neck and the helmet she watches stuff with the helmet and that's what goes into that data goes into the her neck she she retains information that she can fight with with the helmet off but in order to keep receiving data she needs the helmet it's a piece of um red room technology okay so speaking of the taskmasters um it's revealed, spoiler alert, that Taskmaster is Dracoff's daughter who didn't die in the bombing, and he cybernetically enhanced her, like we were just saying. Yeah. So, she really wasn't the main villain. She honestly kind of felt like the char- the token character that you use to fight other people yeah and like that the real villain does and she didn't die and i feel like we're gonna see taskmaster again at some point maybe fighting on the right side that's super weird yeah i I mean i'm here for it i would love to see more taskmaster especially in like the hawkeye show that'd be neat cool character but the true villain of the movie was drykoff the mastermind behind the red room and i just didn't like this villain it felt like i there what were his motives she asked him why did you do this basically and he just kind of said because i can because women are what did he say a resource that's what he called them i was like okay i i I get i can appreciate when when marvel tries to do like social representation and stuff but every time they try to make big social leaps they lack in storytelling for some reason and i hate it i i like that they touched on 
that type of issue, the dehumanization. I know, of women but it shouldn't come at a cost of. It shouldn't come at a cost of story. I feel like every time they try to do it, they sacrifice. Like they focus so much on the politics of it that they lack in the storytelling don't, part. Don't get me wrong. I love um, villain redemption stories, but just you don't have to have a redeemed villain to have a good villain. Like. Like a good villain, Thanos was a good villain. Yeah, and he he was, I mean, was he evil? I I don't know. That 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 that's a a good point to come up. You Thanos. Know, like, Ooh, I don't know. You know, you you have a lot of um, uh, backstory ish. Like like their like their motives are clear. You can see what their motives are. You can see why. Thanos had a goal, which was I'm I'm doing horrible acts. For the greater good of the universe. Mm -hmm. So he was putting the fate of everything ahead of individual Mm well-being. Including himself. He was willing to sacrifice himself and everything for his vision. Because he knew that, like his homeworld, the universe was suffering. Mm -hmm. And he was... the, the, The atrocities he was committing was a means to an end. But his objective was I'm trying to do what's right. And, and Dracov wasn't trying to do what was right. Maybe that's not a, a, a good um, analogy considering he was the the big bad for, you know, 11 years. Uh, take a smaller villain. Like, I would say the Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming. I thought he was a great villain. He started strong and then got unbelievable because they started to tell us He's a bad guy because he has a family and he has to pay the bills. And I was like, okay, sold. We saw them take away his family, or not his family, his business. And he basically went broke. And they forced his hand into the criminal underworld so that he could put food on the table and pay the electric bill. I could empathize with that. And then... At the end of the movie, he's like, I just want to sell weapons to bad guys. <laughs> no, his livelihood was being attacked by Spider-Man. What else was he going to do for a living? Everything uh, would go under. It was about his family. No. Anyway, we're, I don't want to <clears throat> talk about Spider-Man, though. Okay. I'm, I'm saying that Vulture was a good villain. You understood why Vulture did what he did. You did not understand that with Dracoff. You were like, why? I did? And you know what? Maybe that is a good analogy for what they were going for because... People in positions of power against women and, you know, dealing with human trafficking, they have, what is their motive other than money? That's real life, though. We're talking about a fictional story that's supposed to world build in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe they wanted to reflect real life and show that there really is no motive. I don't know. But there was a motive. He said that there are weapons that he can use. They just didn't tell us. Exactly. That's the problem I had. Is it because they're Russian? Like, that's his motive. His motive wasn't, I want to abuse women. His motive was, I want to use women as a means to an end. And they never gave us what that end is, other than, I can start and end wars. That's the most we got out of his motivation. Well, I'm not into it. I wasn't either. All right. (sighs) Okay, let's talk about that post credit scene. Dang, we already in the post credit scene. Well, I guess I guess we could go before that. Um, I I did. Um, we haven't even talked about Melina at all. <clears throat> yeah, well, she, 
I don't know. Not that she was a forgettable character. It's just she wasn't really the focus of the film. Yeah. I mean, Alexi was at least like the comedic relief. So that gives you a little bit more memorable. Well, she was the... Basically, she was the MacGuffin. They had to get somebody who could get them in. And she was the key to that. Yeah. So, I, you know. Um. Anyway... At the end, they killed Drakeoff, but Yelena was the one to kill him. Um, and I like that they had her do it because his influence was much stronger over her and lasted a lot longer. And Natasha already had her shot. <laughs> so I liked that Yelena was the one to do it. Uh, are we going to talk about pheromones? Yeah, no, I don't even... <laughs> I... I no. Oh my gosh. I went into this podcast episode expecting to tell people why I like the movie. I know. And this I know. just turned into like a love letter. Are, wait, you like the pheromone part? No, a, a love letter is what you call something like a, an extreme criticism of something. Like you write a love letter to whatever company and it's a heavy criticism. Well... I don't know why they would call that a love letter, but all right. <laughs> so I just had, he was like, you can't touch me. And she was like, what do you mean? And he's like, like the pheromones all the, I'm giving off yeah. make it so that you will never commit any harm the, the to whole me. And point, I'm like, huh? The whole point was that Yelena could, no, none of the girls could touch him because they were brainwashed. And the brainwashing came after Natasha's time. She was just psychologically conditioned. But she had free will. And then we find out that that was just a ha-ha psych moment because she didn't have free will because he had pheromones. No, it the pheromones were only released when she was, like, near him. Which is why Melina said, you have to sever the nerve, which is... And then Natasha broke her nose so that she could sever the olfactory nerve. I know, so that but she couldn't smell. Where in Natasha's lifetime did she become susceptible to preventative measures to his pheromones? Maybe it's for anyone, like no one, not anyone. It was but how? Or is it pheromones for women? I don't know. See, they, yeah, they, and they the, didn't. And then, they didn't explain. And this. then it's like, okay, so did did is it the the Black Widows can't hurt him because they're sensitive to his pheromones or? Has he genetically engineered to release his own pheromones that women can't hurt him? Yeah, I don't know. It's either it one of those explained. is just not... I'm not there for either one of those options. Yeah, that was not explained. Yeah. Anyway. Come on, Marvel. <laughs> we'll end the movie with um, them, the family having a little goodbye... Natasha goes on off on her own, and... She you, takes the vest. Oh, yeah, the vest. It has so many pockets. It's so cool. You could, so cool. You could fit so much stuff in there. And nobody would even know. <laughs> it honestly sounds like me. <laughs> with, with my pants. The vest is the same one that she wore in Infinity War, so now we kind of know where it came from. Yeah, it's an and, Easter egg now. And also, she wore Melina's Black Widow outfit in Endgame. Yeah. Yeah, because she started with the white one, and then she ended up with the black one. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So sad. 
Oh, are we going to talk about how she ended up in the same position she died in twice? I Yeah, I didn't like that. It was uh, an above camera angle. Staring down at her. Staring down. Where her legs are kind of behind her and her arms are like. Yeah. Like. Up and down. Like when you flash to her in Avengers Endgame when she's, you know, dead on the floor of Vormir. She was in that exact same position. And I did not like it. So the first time was when. Made me cry. They had left Ohio and they injected her in the neck with the sedative. And then they threw her in the back of the truck. You, her as a little girl was in that position on the ground. And then we see her again when, or technically it was Melina, but um, in the red room, Melina disguised as Natasha was laying that way again. I didn't like that. I liked it. Oh, okay. No, I mean, like, I didn't like it. It made me, it made me upset. I, I'm crying, you know? <laughs> like, oh. like it, it was good. I just. Why? Why, Marvel? <laughs> He's breaking me. So, post credit scene. Yeah. So, this is the first... This, we should have seen Valentina in this movie before we saw her... We were supposed to. Yeah, before we saw her in Falcon and Winter Soldier. We were supposed to see her in Black Widow first, but because of coronavirus, everything was delayed. But... Why delay a Disney Plus show? It's releasing on Disney Plus. I will say this, though. We got more information on her in Falcon and Winter Soldier. We knew she worked for the government in Falcon and Winter Soldier, whereas this just... She was like, you're supposed to leave me on my day off. And she was like, well, do you want to go after the guy? This guy, like, we didn't know she was government. She just was some lady talking to Natasha's sister, telling her to kill Bart. That could have been anybody. But now we know she's... A United States government official who's recruiting people to hunt heroes. Oh my god, that is what she is. It's like the Avengers for America. Yeah. She's the new American Black Widow and and US agent is the American Captain America. So she works with Yelena or Yelena works for her? Yelena works for her. Remember she said, I want to race. Right. And Yelena will be showing up in the Hawkeye show later this year. Yeah. Woohoo! Excited. Which, you know, is interesting because we just kind of forgot that Clint was Ronan. Danny just kind of forgot about the oh, Iron we're Fleet. Not, we don't talk about that, okay? <laughs> so, Clint has this, like, very brief moment in Endgame where Nat's trying to hunt him hunt a serial killer and we find out it's barton <laughs> and we just forgot that that was a thing because he saved the day with Endgame. and now i'm like oh right he was like how long was it after the snap that they stopped it five years yeah he went on a five-year killing spree of just massacring he was basically the punisher with a sword yeah and we just forgot about it so i want to explore that past i want to know the horrible things he was doing because remember well he's starring in hawkeye he's just not gonna be hawkeye anymore i know but we're gonna know more about his ronin days absolutely he's playing the mentor character so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's gonna be interesting to see that um just my thoughts like, my feelings about the post credit scene. The fact that they gave Natasha a grave, even though her body is still on Vormir. You don't know that. Pain. They might have gone back for it. Pain. No, they didn't. 
but they didn't. What if Cap brought it back when he came back old Cap? That's not how that works. That's not how that works. Pain. It's an empty grave, and the only person that we ever see showing up to it is Yelena. We never saw her funeral. Valentina was there. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. They gave us a grave, no funeral, no one but Yelena has been there to visit on screen. I don't like it. I was Everybody upset. was at Tony's funeral. Everyone. Which is fine. Tony deserved that. But so did Natasha. It's because they had Tony's body. It doesn't matter. <laughs> According to cinema, it matters. Not to me. Anyway. So, what I did not like. Did you have anything that you... Well, I mean, kind of we've been ranting. So. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what didn't I like about this movie? 60%? Yeah. It's like Star Wars. Every time I go into all three Star Wars sequels, I walked out of the theater going, that was the best movie ever. That was the best movie ever. And then like two months later, I'm like, why did that movie not, why was that movie not good at Star Wars? Oh my God. The only other gripe I have with it was that sometimes the fight scenes were a little wobbly, like shaky camera. I don't oh, really yeah. love I, that. I told you that. I was like, it fe- there's a couple scenes where the CGI looks fast, like unnaturally fast. Yeah. Like the truck, the big truck that's slamming through a stuff. Tank. It was a tank. It's an armored truck. Yeah, a it's tank. It's not a tank. It was a tank. It's an APC. You want to get technical? Okay, I don't know what that is. It's anyway. not a tank. A just tank go, has to have a barrel. Go on. So <laughs> it is just weird. Like the CGI has this truck, like unnaturally just speeding through. Truck. Truck. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's speeding through and it looks weird because it doesn't look natural. And there's a couple times throughout the movie where I'm like, ooh, like that didn't look good. Yeah. But the I did like the acting. Yeah, it was great acting. Again, anything Florence Pugh is in, I love her. Yeah. We need to watch Midsommar. Midsommar. Midsummer. Isn't it? It's Midsommar. Midsummer. Wouldn't it be the middle of summer? I can't tell if you're being extremely American or if I'm being pretentious. I don't know. We both don't know, so what does it matter? Okay. Anyway, not a movie for kids. So, do you have any questions that you were left with? Um, yeah. (laughs) So, we know that the Red Room had thousands of widows. Mm -hmm. Not 12 (laughs) that they rescued. Yeah. So, with Draco being dead, what does it mean for the thousands of widows... And the hundreds of thousands of girls that were supposedly going to go into this program. I, well, that was my question is, is that where Yelena and Melina and Alexi went? It seemed like that's what they were doing is they were going to go on the hunt to go free widows because Yelena said that she was going to have Melina copy the antidote. Yeah. So I'm assuming that that's what they've been doing in the past, um... Oh my gosh. Civil War to Endgame? Like eight years? Yikes. I don't know. They, they freed 12. 
and there's thousands of them. What do the widows that were under the control of the Red Room do now that Dracov's dead? I don't know. What, is there a Palpatine, like, final order going on? Stop. Where... Don't bring that up. Like, it's like an Operation Cinder. He's like, hey, widows, if I die, kill everybody. Please do not bring the final order up. I'm bringing Operation Cinder up. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Operation Cinder was where Palpatine said, kill the galaxy now that I'm dead. And they I were like, okay. I about it. <laughs> I just, uh, Black Widow. Does it leave me with questions? Yeah, it leaves me with a ton of questions. I didn't know if she, if Yelena was still working with Melina and Alexi, if they parted ways. Also, I want to know, did they get snapped? Who because knows? she doesn't look like she's aged, obviously. Why would she? Be- because this movie took place in 2016. Yeah. And currently Marvel is in 2023. Yeah. That's, that's Nat didn't age. Seven years. Nat did age. They didn't CGI Nat to look younger. Nat looks the same in this movie as she did in Endgame. I'm just saying, Florence Pugh is 25. Like, uh-huh. you could you you would be able to tell if she was seven years older. It's a stretch. So, I don't know. Did uh, the three of them out of the three of them? Did any of them? Did all of them? It snapped. Wait, you mean the the lore-breaking Russian super soldier got snapped? Could the snap just be like, oh, they're it's like, random. oh, that, that doesn't make sense. Retcon, they got snapped. Oh, the snap is like Flashpoint now. Oh, man, it is like Flashpoint. Oh, uh, that didn't make sense. Well, they got snapped, so it doesn't matter. The blip. <sighs> All right, well... Those are my final thoughts on Black Widow. I so just, overall, we're going to give it a what out of 10? What do you rate it? I'm going to go with a solid 6 out of 10. It's rewatchable. I but it's not my favorite. But I really liked some of the things that they did with it. I 100% was going to say 6 out of 10. Solid 6 out of 10. Where would you put it on your tier list? Because we did a tier list for Marvel. I would say it's probably like a either a B or like a C? I would say B or C. Yeah, it would. It falls around Ant Man for me. It's like uh, I'll rewatch you put it. Ant Man real low on that list though. Yeah. Don't even. No. I didn't put it. I, I put, it put it at a C. No, you put Ant Man in the wasp higher. I put it at a C. You did. So D we... was like really bad, like the Hulk. Remember? No, that was F. We didn't have it F. It was just D. I don't know. You know, since I'm getting confused, if you guys want to listen to our last episode. <laughs> it was A, B, C, D, and D was Hulk and Thor 2. <laughs> yeah. The- so I would put it with Ant-Man. and Would I think- you put it with Ant-Man or would you put it with Ant-Man and the Wasp? Then I could probably fit it with either one, so B or C. It's a B or a C for me. Okay. Again, solid, solid six out of ten. It's an I know average. I've been griping about it, and we we get a little nitpicky sometimes, but I liked it overall. I came out happy, and I said, you know, I liked this movie. That's how I came out. Yeah, I just want to note that we went into this podcast episode to make a movie review. So the movie critic in us comes out more than the Marvel fans. Does that make sense? Yeah, sometimes when we're going to do movie reviews, we're going to we're gonna kind peel of it apart. get into this cinema of it. 
like as w- well w- as Marvel fans. When we do a Loki review or uh, like a Bad Batch review, we're not actually going to be reviewing it. I we're will go- be with Loki. You're going to review it? Or uh, are you going to fan blabber about it? Because that's what I was going to do. I'm going to do both. That's the thing. I don't have any qualms about Loki. No, I don't. I'm going to get into why I like it. Oh, okay. That's not movie critic then. That's just being a fan and talking about it. That's what I'm saying. This wasn't us being fans and talking about it. This was us peeling apart the movie making process. It's a little easier to do with a two hour long feature film than eight hours of content. Yeah, that's for sure. For sure. For sure. Anyway, so that is what we give Black Widow. We loved it. Liked it. Solid 6 out of 10. I, I liked it. I wouldn't say I loved it. Yeah, but I liked I, it. I enjoyed my time in the theater both times watching it. Yes. I am excited to see the future of Yelena's story. Oh, me too. I love her. Do I need more Black Widow? No. <laughs> We're not going to get it. If I never see that again. We're not. I know. I'm just saying, if I never see Nat again, I'm not really missing out on anything. They didn't develop her any more than what she already was, and she gone. So, whatever. All right, guys. Why don't we fly on over to the post show? Yeah, let's do that. Welcome to the post show. Welcome to the post show, everybody. I don't, I don't know what happened, but we just lost like, what did you say, fifteen minutes worth of audio? Yeah, yeah. The um, the editor crashed. So, we so were just quick recap laughing. about what we were blah 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 blahing about. <laughs> yeah. We, oh man, you're right because we talked about Assassin's Creed. Yep. We talked about Loki, Bad Batch. What we yep, were reading. we're going to have to do it all again. So what you reading right now, buddy? <laughs> I'm reading Alphabet Squadron. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't think it's as good as the other stuff that I've been reading. And? And I finished The Rising Storm, which is wonderful and amazing. And I cannot believe there's going to be a third book that they didn't tell us about. And I'm stoked for it. And he can't talk about it because I haven't read any of the books yet. And you're playing Assassin's Creed? I am playing Assassin's Creed, and I'm going to get into it again because I don't care. You guys need to know. So I am playing the DLC. I actually am getting into it. I'm almost done with it. And it is extremely underwhelming. Okay? I. It takes place in Ireland. It's literally about Eivor's cousin and some feud for him to, like, I don't know, support the new king or something. Sorry, everybody. We are having, like, crazy audio problems right now where our system just wants to keep crashing. And we keep having to repeat <laughs> repeat ourselves. Yeah, I'm honestly forgetting what I'm talking about. But Bad Batch, Hera, I called it. <laughs> Gonna go over the points real quick. We're watching Shit's Creek, too. We're watching Shit's Creek, which is a name, not a bad word. It's the name of the town. S-C-H-I-T-T, apostrophe S, Shit's Creek. Highly recommend it. It's hilarious. It's good. 
We're going to blow through this post-show, by the way, because <laughs> we're be the, scared. It's going to be the fastest post-show ever. I'm reading Alphabet Squadron. I think I might have already gotten that into the recording. I think you did. Um, did we get t- books? I'm reading Alphabet Squadron. We, we did the books. That was the first thing. That was thing the first we, thing we did? That was the first thing. <laughs> As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, we are conf- conf- confuzzled. Confuzzled. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. Um, Loki. Loki. Al- alligator Loki. Loki, Loki. Alligator Loki is baby. Croaky. Croaky. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. We're still having technical difficulties. This is the fourth try, so we're gonna <laughs> cut the show short. We're gonna let you guys go. We, if you, we, the we apologize. The last thing that we want to touch on is that we love Sylvie and Loki. I want to make sure everybody knows that. Okay, we love them. It's not the weirdest thing to come out of Marvel. We will be covering the entire Loki show in the next episode, so stay tuned for that. It's gonna be all about Loki. Okay. So real quick, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can email us at needlesslynerdypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch at needlesslynerdy, twitch.tv forward slash needlesslynerdy. And there's a link in all of those websites that has an invitation to our Discord server. Please, please, please go click that link. Join the Discord server. It's a lot of fun, and we would really, really love to have you guys in there. So before our computer takes a crap again, we are going to s- s- say goodbye, and we will see you guys soon for the Loki review. And we loved Black Widow. And we loved Black Widow. We will see you guys next time. Bye.